Welcome to today's podcast. I'm going to look at a statement in the sermon conferences by Brother Branham, where he speaks about the father bringing his own son into a conference in Gethsemane. Greetings. Thank you for tuning in to listen to Equipping the Bride podcast. I'm Brother Jason DeMars from Beaufort, South Carolina, a minister at Bethel Tabernacle. New episodes of this podcast are posted every Friday. You can watch this podcast on YouTube and listen to it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. If you have any questions, testimonies, or prayer requests, please let me know at jasondemars.com. I also have free books and tracks available at my website, and shipping is free as well. May the Lord richly bless you. Welcome, and I want to go straight to some of the feedback that I got. Um, Thank you so much, uh, Brother Reza, for going on to uh, Apple uh, Podcasts and putting on your review there. I really appreciate that. Um, He says, God gives me five stars, and he says, God bless you, Brother Jason, and appreciate your efforts. This is more than just a podcast to me, and I'm very thankful for that. God bless you, brother. Um, appreciate that. And uh, so there's eight star, eight ratings, all five out of five. Certainly appreciate you all coming and uh, going on there on the Apple Podcasts, where my podcast is, and leaving a review. Put on some thoughts that you have uh, for me, just genuine, real review there. So I appreciate that. want to appreciate my subscribers to the podcast that are supporting for $10 a month um, right right now. Uh, so appreciate that. Thank you, Brother Reza, Sister Jessica, Sister Chastity, Brother Stephen, Sister Candace. Thank you each. Know who you are and greatly appreciate that. Um, the, the subscribers that um, support this financially, we... Our purpose is to cover the cost of the software, cover cover costs of books, printing, uh, shipping, translation of this podcast, uh, which we're working on getting it into the Arabic language, and we want to get it into Farsi, and uh, if we can, Spanish also. So we uh, greatly appreciate your subscribing. If this podcast means something, you really appreciate if you do that. You can do that through our uh, Buzzsprout uh, uh, link that you'll see below here. Um, I got a comment from uh, Brother Prem Hyde Livingston in India. He says, Shalom, brother. How are you, my brother? A summary of the revelation of seven seals. It was a wonderful book, brother. God really bless you. Thank you so very much for the book. We would like to see you in India. If it is possible, please make a trip to India. We will arrange some meetings for you. God bless you. Thank you, Brother Prem. I sure appreciate that. And uh, I'm always in, in prayer over those types of invitations. And we ask the Lord to give guidance and understanding. If that's what he would have me to do, then I'm, I'm, I'm willing and desirous to be obedient to his will. You all pray for me. Um, now I want to start a study. Uh, uh, about a conference between father and son. 
somebody wrote in named Reality Truth on YouTube and said, the Bible said, nobody knows the time of the coming of Christ, not even the Son, but only the Father. So they are three persons in a level of Jehovah. I really don't um, understand exactly what they mean about it. I hope they listen to this and can give me some clarity about that last uh, portion. I don't believe that there are three persons in a level of Jehovah. Um, let's read that scripture. Let's go from there and look at this uh, this mystery here about the Son not knowing something, but the Father knowing something. Mark 13, uh, 32 says, But of that day and hour, excuse me, but of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels that which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. So we see there the plain meaning of Scripture is that there is something that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, doesn't know. The Father knows it. The Father is his God and our God. The Father is the Eternal One. The Father is the one that he says in John 4.24, For God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. All right, so here we have in the scripture showing a distinction between Father and Son. Now, as we go into this topic, I don't want you to get all twisted up. I have many quotes and many scriptures, and I want you to bear with me through it all. Don't just turn it off and say, this one's a two-ness, he's a three-ness, he's a oneness. Whenever you speak about the Godhead, everybody comes from their own perspective. And what they do is they actually begin to um, misunderstand and misconstrue things. Uh, I've found many people in the message have a oneness uh, comprehension about the Godhead. Then I've found some that have a two-ness comprehension about the Godhead. I believe that it's very important for us to stay faithful to the message. What happens so often is people hear a quote, and then they grab another quote to combat against it. I don't believe that's correct. Now, going into this, I want you to understand, Brother Branham tells us a few principles as we go into these things. He says that Jesus Christ is not a second person or a third person. He is the person person of God. Okay? He, he says other things, so we want to take those into consideration as well. And that's what we're going to do in this podcast. But he says, Father, he says the, the Father is manifested through the Son. So we look at this. And we, we see a clear distinction and delineation being made. The Son of God uh, does not have knowledge of something. So this shows that the Son of God is not omniscient. He doesn't know the hour, day and hour of his coming. Only the Father knows that. And I want to go also to the book of Acts. They ask him,
when, verse 6, when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And Verse 7, and he said unto them, is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power? So, the Father has put certain things in his own power. One of, the, one of those things that we know for certain is the day and the hour of his coming is left in the Father's power. So, Jesus said in Matthew 28, All power in heaven and earth is given unto me, go ye therefore. Here in Acts, which is basically the same time period, same time frame, he also says that that is in the power of the Father. So we understand that all power is given. That means it's a delegated authority. When power is given, it means someone else had it, and it passes from one to another. So let's look closely at this quote I mentioned in my intro that I want to look at from the Sermon Conferences, February 28th, 1960. Brother Branham says this, Jesus was brought himself to a decision, and before going to Calvary, the Father brought his own Son into, into conference in Gethsemane, while angels take their position, taken their positions to see what the decision would be. Oh, it might not have been this way, but let's think maybe it was. I can hear him say, Son, do you desire to go on to Calvary? There's a band waiting for you. There's persecutions. There's death and murder laying in the way. There's exposure of your own body. They'll strip the clothes off of you. They'll beat you into a pulp. They'll pull a crown of thorns over your head and you'll die screaming for mercy. Should you go on? Look at the decision. And sometimes when we're sitting in our seats and the Holy Spirit says, you must do this or you must do that, you got someone you won't speak to, you don't, you, you won't speak to them. You won't make it right. And you're just ashamed to go up and say if you're in the wrong or what. If you're not in the wrong, go up to go up and say, brother, let's forget it and talk it over. Jesus, when he looked up into the face of the Father, he said, it's not my will, it's yours to be done. What a decision. That decision anchored and swept the world and still comes tonight in every penitent soul. Not what, Not my will, but thine be done. That's the decision. All right, so a conference. Let's look at this definition of a conference from Webster's Dictionary. The, the act of conversing on a serious subject, a discourse between two or more for the purpose of instruction, consultation, or deliberation, formal discourse, oral discussion. So a discoursing between two or more. So that the discourse between father and son was a discourse of two. He says, not my will, but thy will be done. So there's two wills involved. You say, this, this is contrary to my doctrine. Then your doctrine needs to go away. <laughs> I'm sorry to be so blunt with you, but the father has a will. He's, omnip he's omniscient. Jesus has a will, and he's not omniscient. The, the Son doesn't know the hour, day and hour of his return, but the Father only. The Father has kept it in his power. 
This is not my opinion. This is direct exposition of scripture. This is not me making up a story. This is expositional teaching. Let's look at Matthew 26, 42. He went away the second time and prayed. He went, he went away again the second time and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if this cup may not pass from me except I drink it, thy will be done. So there we have Jesus had a will. He wanted the cup to pass from him. But he said, I surrender my will so that the Father's will be done. So the Father has a will, and the Son has a will. Matthew, uh, John 5.30 I can of mine own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just. So number one, he says he can do nothing of himself. His purpose is not to do his own will, but to do of the will of him that sent him. That's what he says. I... I can do of myself, own self, do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. So we have two things. We have Jesus' will, and we have the Father's will. Jesus saying, I'm laying down my will to do the Father's will. All right. Now, as I'm going along, I'm going to remind you, I don't believe in multiple persons in the Godhead. There is just one God. There is one person in the Godhead. But let's understand it according to Scripture. John 3.35 The Father loves the Son and has given all things into His hand. Love is an re- expression of a relationship. So the Father loves the Son there's a relationship there. There's a relationship of wills, uh, one will surrendering to another. There's a relationship of love. The Father loves the Son. The, God loves Jesus, right? And has given all things into his hand. So God, the Father has placed all things into the hand of his son because he loves him. Love is an expression of a relationship. John 5, 20, For the Father loveth the Son, and showeth him all things that himself doeth, and he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. So again, the Father loves the Son, and he shows him all things. Brother Branham told us that he Jesus operated by vision, so the Father showed the Son, a vision, and the Son op- operated that out, did the works that, that the Father showed him in the vision, because he was a prophet, and a prophet operates by a vision. A prophet is a seer. And again, expressing the love relationship between the Father and the Son. And this is also a perfect expression of what our relationship is supposed to be. Jesus is our Lord and Master and Savior and Redeemer. He's also the image that we're to be molded and shaped into. In the 1955, in the sermon, The Resurrected Lord Jesus, they couldn't understand him. 
He was a mystery even to the apostles. No one could understand him because there was two people talking all the time. The person Jesus Christ was talking and God was talking in him also. Sometimes it was Christ himself. Sometimes it was the Father that dwelt in him. You see it? They they couldn't understand some things he would say. He talked to them in riddles. Okay, this is Brother Branham speaking in a sermon. He says they couldn't understand him because it was two people talking all the time. So he says Jesus Christ was talking and the Father that dwelt in him was talking. It was two people speaking all the time. Now, this is not my words. This is not this is not what I think or what my idea is. This is Brother Branham speaking. Now we can't separate this from the other things that he said. Jesus Christ is not is the only person of the Godhead. He's supreme deity. He's God manifest in the flesh. But we have to understand this in the realm of Scripture. If we're going to understand that as a second person of the Godhead, we're mistaken. We have to understand it the way Brother Branham taught us by the Scriptures. Let's look at the lamb and the dove in 1957. Now let's look at the nature of the lamb first. It seemed like that it pleased God when he went to represent his son here on earth. He was represented by an animal, a lamb. He was called the Lamb of God. And wonder why he was represented as a lamb. And now, when God wanted to show his self to the world, he came in the form of a dove, a fowl of the heaven. And now, the lamb, we want to talk about these two natures and these two beasts, or bird, one, one beast and one a bird, and how that God and Christ was represented in these two beings. All right. So here he refers to God was God and Christ are represented in two beings. A lamb is Christ, a dove is God. It's so simple. Again, if you're if your thinking is oneness and you're putting Jesus Christ as his own father, then you're going to have trouble with what is being said here. Brother Branham says dozens of time just search in the table his own father. And you'll find how many different times Brother Branham says that's wrong. You can't make Jesus Christ his own father. Now, and we're looking at the scripture. We are not trying to prove that there is a second person in the Godhead. And we'll, we'll look at that more. I, I realize that even as I'm studying this, there's no way I can get through all of this in time. So I, I just want you to be, be patient and bear with me. There's much to cover as once I, once again, I'm saying, we can't dismiss everything that Brother Branham said. We have to be careful and to be wise about it, see it in its context. And if it's something that he just says one time and we're uncertain of it, it's one thing. But if it's something that he's teaching and it's clear step by step by step by step, we have to stick by that. We we can't go with our own thinking and our own approach to the message. We can say we are preaching just the message, but ignoring half the message is not preaching the message. All right, John eight fifteen through 18. Let's read, you judge after the flesh, I judge no man. And yet if I judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone. So I am not alone, the Son is not alone. But I and the Father that sent me, so someone else is with me, is what Jesus is saying. 
Verse 17, it is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. Hmm. Jesus refers then, he says, I am one that bear witness of myself. I, personal pronoun, am one that bear witness of myself, one person, and the Father that sent me bears witness of me. So Jesus himself refers to himself and the Father as two men. Are we going to dismiss the scripture? Or are we going to look at it squarely and seek to understand it according to the context of the Bible and the message? Second John 1 9, whosoever transgresses and abides not in the doctrine of Christ has not God. He that abides in the doctrine of Christ, he has both the Father and the Son. So if we stay with the doctrine of Christ, we will have both Father and Son. Both means two, considered as distinct from others or by themselves, the one and the other. That's what both speaks of and means. So you have both Father and Son. There's two. The Father is a spirit. He covers all space and time. He has limited, he has come down, he's put forth from himself a part of himself called Logos. He's entered into that Logos to relate himself in a theophany form to the world. He came, he came down in that theophany at the baptism of Jesus and entered into him. Brother Branham tells us that he became the anointed one then. So when you have the doctrine of the anointed one, you have the Father dwelling in the Son. You have the anointing dwelling in the one who's anointed. That is the doctrine of Christ. You have both Father and Son. In Questions and Answers on Hebrews Part 1, 1957, Brother Branham says, Now the oneness teaching of the oneness church, I certainly disagree with that. Thinking that Jesus is one like your finger is one. He had to have a father. If he didn't, how could he be his own father? In the sermon, 1959, Palmer Worm, Locust, Cankerworm, and Caterpillar, Brother Branham says, Many of you get off the wrong track when you try to think that God is one like your finger is one. He can't be his own father. He can't be. All right. In the sermon, Blind Bartimaeus, in 1955, he says, But Jesus, talking out in front of the crowd, oh my, his face up towards heavens, what was ahead of him? Going straight to Jerusalem to die for the sins of the world. But who who he was, the Son of God, the King of all prophets, and, the, and knowing that that laid ahead of him, his mind, of course, was on that. He wasn't listening to the howling crowd, away with this and away with that, and a hosanna. He couldn't listen to it. His disciples having a hard time to keep a riot from getting on to him. Some trying to touch him to get healed. Others tried to slap him or hit him with something to knock him down. The disciples going along pushed them away. Jesus in that cool, quiet, steady walk right down the road, on his road with his face upwards, towards his heavenly father, walking as an obedient son correctly. So we're looking at obedience. 
Now notice, okay, let's read from the sermon, Hear Ye Him, in 1956. Now notice, God was here just exactly like he asked man to do. His son had been obedient. He had minded the father. He hadn't been gadding about in places to say, You see who I am? My campaign's the biggest there is in the country. Yes, sir. He's been obedient. He'd been obedient to the father. He hadn't been gadding around the things of the world associating with them. He'd been obedient. And God took witnesses of the earth, Peter, James, and John, brought down Elijah and a Moses from heaven and stood them there and adopted his own son. He was glorified in the presence of three witnesses, of these witnesses. And the God came down and overshadowed him. And the Bible said, his garments glistened like the sun. You see his robe, the glorification of him. He put him on a robe before the witnesses of him for the witnesses of earth. So there we see, obedient son. What does obedient mean? Obedience means compliance with a command, prohibition, or known law and rule of duty prescribed, the performance of what is required or enjoined by authority, or the abstaining from what is prohibited in compliance with the command or prohibition. To constitute obedience, the act of or forbearance to act must be in submission to the authority. The command must be known to the person, and his compliance must be in consequence of it, or it is not obedience. Obedience is not synonymous with obsequiousness, the latter often implying meanness or servility, and obedience being merely a proper submission to authority. That which duty requires implies dignity of conduct rather than civility, servility. Obedience may be voluntary or involuntary. Voluntary obedience alone can be acceptable to God. So obedience means that there's a command from an authority and you're doing what that authority said. That's what Jesus did. He was obeying his authority, the Father. So that's what God calls us to, the same thing, to obedience. Jesus was perfectly obedient. The Bible says he learned obedience through the things that he suffered and being made perfect. So he learned obedience. Now, in the sermon, let's see here, there's extensive quote questions and answers on the seals in 1963. Uh, Brother Branham is asked, if God is one personality, why or how could he talk to himself on Mount Trans- Transfiguration? Well, I've just explained that. You see, I'd like, I'd like to ask you, when Jesus to pray to the Father, you see, I believe you have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, don't you, brother? Won't you stand up just a minute? You claim to have the baptism of the Holy Ghost? The brother says, yes, sir. I do too. Then what is that? Then don't, I don't claim that I have the powers within myself to unfold these mysteries. I don't have the power to heal the sick. It's God. I believe you're a minister. If I'm not mistaken, you're from Arkansas right now. And in you is, you have is to preach the gospel. Ordinarily, you was raised on a farm and around like that. You just don't know nothing about it, but something come into you to preach the gospel. You don't claim that to be yourself at all. That's another person called the Holy Ghost. Is that right? Now I want to ask you, the Holy Ghost dwells within you. Is that right? The brother says, that's right. Do you talk to him? Yes, sir. To speak to him, pray to him. All right. That's all I want. Thank you very much. See, now do you get it? Hmm. So think about that for a moment. If God is one personality, how did Jesus, how did 
the Father speak to him on Mount Transfiguration, and how did Jesus pray? Very simple. He says, the Holy Spirit dwells in you, just like it dwells in me, and you pray within that Holy Spirit. It's the same thing. So the Holy Spirit is distinct from you, different from you, and comes into you and dwells in you. That's a different that's a different individual from you. Now let's continue on. I'll, Brother Bram says, I'll ask you one. How did that come then? Jesus in St. John, he said, when the Son of Man shall be, which is now is in heaven, see, now is in heaven, shall come to earth, the Son of Man, which now is in heaven. And here he stood right here talking to the person. Now you answer me that one. Jesus and the Father was the self-same person. Amen. You understand that? Jesus and the Father was the self-same person. Listen to how he explains it. Just the same as the Holy Spirit in me. You're looking to be preaching, but it's not me. It's not me can speak a work that could bring, as you know, an animal, sit there and look at it and kill the animal and eat it. That's creative power. That doesn't lay in human being. It's not me could take a little boy here laying, the, the doctors, laying him on his back with heart trouble tonight and say, thus saith William Branham, no, thus saith the Lord, it's finished, and bring him down to the doctor next day and it's all gone. A kid with leukemia till its eyes are bulged out and yellow all over the stomach until they're taking it to the hospital to give it blood and things to even get, get it here. And in five minutes' time, cry for a hamburger. Take it to, back to the doctor the next day and can't even, can't even find a trace of it. That's thus saith William Branham. That's thus saith the Lord. Yet he is an individual different from me, but the only way he's expressed is through me. See, that's how Jesus and the Father was. Jesus says, it's not me that doeth the works, it's my Father that dwelleth in me. Now the Son of Man shall ascend from heaven, which now is in heaven. See, what was it? He was omnipresent because he was God. Who was omnipresent? The Holy Spirit dwelling within Jesus. And he was so identified with Jesus that you could say that the Son of Man was dwelling in heaven. So again, Jesus and the Father is the self-same person, just the same as the Holy Spirit in me. So he's the self-same person, same as the Holy Spirit in me. Yet he's an individual different from me, but the only way is he's expressed is through me. That's how Jesus and the Father was. So how were Jesus and the Father? He was an individual different from the Father. An individual means not divided or not to be divided. Single, one, as an individual man or city, city united as an individual so, so, source. A single person or human being. So a single human being. Jesus was an individual different from the Father, and yet he was the self same same person. So how do we get how do we arrive at that? How do we explain that? An individual different but the self same person. Well, Brother Branham explained it perfect. He's an individual different from me, but the only way he is expressed is through me. So when Jesus says, Not my will, but the Father's will be done. The Father is an individual different from him. When he says the testimony of two, two men are true, the Father is in an individual different from him. When we say both, when we look at these scriptures and he says it's two people speaking, it's an individual different from Jesus, yet the only way that God is expressed 
is through him. He's the self-same person because the only way he's expressed is through Jesus. That's why they're the self-same person. See, now, I'm not, I'm not bringing crazy doctrine. This is Brother Branham explaining himself. All right, John 10, 27 through 30. Let Brother Branham explain himself. If your mind just shuts down as he's the self-same person and you don't hear the rest of it, you're not hearing what Brother Branham said. You're not, you're not receiving what the message is saying. Take all of that. All of that. Don't just say, see, he's the self-same person, blah, the rest is blah, 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 blah. No, there's an explanation that goes in it. He's an individual different, but the only way he's expressed is through the Son. Therefore, the Father and the Son are the self-same person. They're individuals different, but the self-same person, because the only way he's expressed is through the Son. John 10, 27 through 30, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My father, which gave them me is greater than all and no man is able to pluck them out of my hand, my father's hand, I and my father are one. So what is Jesus talking about? He's talking about the preservation of the sheep and he says the sheep will be preserved by me, because no one can take them out of my hand. And he says, my father is greater than all. My father is greater than all. So the father is greater than the son. So the son is subordinate to the father. All right? And no one can pluck them out of the father's hand. Then he says, I and my father are one. Now people take I and my father are one, and they go all kinds of nonsense. And they say, Jesus is the father. He didn't say it. He said, I and my Father are one. The Son and the Father are one. When you see, well, let's just read it. John 14, 8, Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Verse 9, Jesus saith unto him, I have, have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou, thou hast not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Verse 10, believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, the words that I speak to you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. All right? So it's the Father dwelling in him doing the works. Jesus and the Father are one person because it's the Father dwelling in him doing the works. Yet he's an individual different, but the only way he's expressed is through the Son. 2 Corinthians 4, 6, For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, shined into our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So we see the invisible God through the face or the prosopone, uh, the the mask, the visible, visible mask of Jesus Christ. Philippians 2, 5, and 6. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, who being, who existing, God on Morpha, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. So Jesus was the form of God. He was the, he was the means by which God strikes the vision, the invisible God who no man has seen at any time strikes the vision through 
the Son. How is Jesus equal with God? Because he's the Son of God. John 5.18 and 19, 5.18 says this, Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him, because he had not only broken the Sabbath, but also but said also that God was his father, making himself equal with God. When you say God is your father, you're, make, you're putting yourself on equality with God. Jesus answers them, The son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father, for whatsoever he doeth, these doeth also the son likewise. So you see, again, we see there, we're not, when we say that Jesus is God on Morpha, when we say that Jesus is the face of the glory of God, we're not saying that there's no distinction. We're saying that he is the visible expression. When you're saying that Jesus and the Father are the self-same person, you're saying it's the only way that God is expressed is through him. I have a lot more quotes. I have a lot more scripture. We're going to have to stop with there. Please bear with me. You see, I'm not trying to take things that Brother Branham said and dismiss them and then take these other things and dismiss them. I want to take all of it. He's the same person and he's an individual different. Let's understand it in the context of scripture and what Brother Branham taught. Thank you for listening. Please go on Apple Podcasts. If you're listening right now, give give me a review on that. I greatly appreciate that. Say a few of your words, not just uh, give me a stars, five stars if you can, <laughs> if you like to, but then also put in there um, some of your thoughts and what the podcast mean to you. If you have any questions or prayer requests or testimonies, or if you have to, uh, even if you have a problem with what you say, put feedback here, whether it be on YouTube or through jasondemars.com. Greatly appreciate that. Also a reminder, we have lots of books available for you to order, and I'll send them out to you for free. Shipping is free as well. If you want to support that ministry, uh, we appreciate that also. God richly bless you. Thank you for listening to Equipping the Bride podcast. New episodes are posted every Friday. I want to remind you that if you have any questions, testimonies, or prayer requests, please let me know at jasondemars.com. I also have free books and tracks available at my website, and shipping is free as well. Please, I ask you to remember the believers and the mission's work in the Middle East in prayer. May the Lord richly bless you.